Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ. And I also want to thank my listeners from around the world. We are now in over 120 countries. Never, ever give up hope is a message that people on this entire globe are wanting to hear. And every single one of my guests has that message. They have come to a place in their lives where they were considering giving up. But our message is never give up. Because no matter how bad things get, they will get better. And that is the message that my guests give. And I so appreciate them. I appreciate also my listeners. We are now in so many countries with people from all walks of life. People who are coming from completely different backgrounds, whether they be educational or spiritual or financial. But we are all people. And we all need to hear messages that will inspire us, that will motivate us, and help us. And that is the message that Damon is going to share with us today. Damon Darrell Naylor is a multi-talented, inspirational communicator, a speaker, a music producer, a songwriter, a recording artist, an author, and a business owner. He has conducted over 250 speaking engagements and performances. He has produced six musical projects. He has written two inspirational books, one nonfiction book. He has been featured on TV shows, podcasts, radio shows, newspapers, magazines, and various online publications. Damon's latest book, entitled A Greater Taste of Success, contains 50 proverbial statements and information that provide wisdom, insight into relationships, leadership, positive thinking, destiny, and much more. I'm tired just reading his bio. So he must have a tremendous amount of energy, and I'm so glad that he has taken the time to be with us and share his story with us today. Welcome, Damon. Thanks so much, Carol. We're just happy and elated to be here and excited about what you're doing and just having this opportunity to share with you and your audience. Great. 
as I was reading this and also as I was looking at your website and the various things that you have accomplished, you have your fingers in such a variety of projects and you have accomplished a great deal. For a young yes. guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I am sure there have been times or maybe one time in particular when you felt that it was very difficult to overcome the hurdles. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Uh, I mean, I've experienced so many of those but have decided to go on. But I think one of my lowest points came at a point in, during my music career. And what had taken place was that I had put out my last CD, which probably was in about 04 or so. And each year I was planning on releasing another CD or my next CD, but things continued to happen. I mean, everything that could go awry went <laughs> awry. I promise you. I mean, I couldn't, the, the, literally the recording, recording studio shut down. I was having trouble connecting with producers. My equipment just shut down on me. It broke. I tried to even get it fixed and they told me they couldn't even repair my equipment. And it was just horrible. All of the, the things I was facing, I actually got hospitalized during that time. I had some financial issues I ran into and it just seemed like everything was going awry. Everything was blowing up. Murphy's Law was in full effect. <laughs> and I, I promise you. And so during that time, while at my lowest point with all of these things mounting up, I was literally deciding or thinking about contemplating, actually leaving music and stopping. Oh, and as I, I, you know, yeah, I really wanted to do that. And that's when I just had a, a great epiphany. And from that moment, literally, I was I was given a song and that song is one of my top songs now, which is Rebound. And, you know, as I sat there, I just heard the words bounce back. Don't give mm. up. Bounce back when you've had enough. Bounce back. Come on, get up. Bounce back. Come on and stretch your stuff. And so I began to write those words down. And then I, I received the rest of the, the, insp the inspiration for the rest of the song. And it just encourages the listener to bounce back. Though you, you endure all kinds of trials and tribulations, don't ever give up. Don't throw in a towel, but just bounce back and get up. Bounce back and don't throw in a towel and just stretch your stuff. Do what God has called you to do and put inside of you to do. You need to sing that song to us. <laughs> I like that. I was getting into it just you know with the rhythm that you were that you were sharing there. It's that very was... energetic. You would okay, love it. Okay, give us a few more lines. Okay, it's time to rebound, get off the ground, because for too long you've been down, and God has something better for you. So get yourself up, claim your breakthrough, stop hearing what people say to you, telling you what you can or you can't do. It's killing your fate about to break you. Dust your shoulder off and continue. The venue is arranged, the stage is set. Go out and show the world you are the best. Five, four, three, two, one. Handle your business at the sound of a gun. That sounds like rap. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. And yes. is is that available? Like, do you, is that a CD or or what is? Um... It's a song on on my last CD, Conception okay. and Rebirth. Yes. Okay, all right, great. Now you came to a place in your life that you felt burnt out. Yes, and you yes. were a teacher. What were you teaching at that point? I was an elementary teacher. I taught reading, reading in English, and okay. I taught. 
third grade and then I taught the fifth grade. So in my latter years, it was the fifth grade I, that I was teaching and I was teaching reading and English. Well, that's got to be challenging all, all by itself. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome at first, but as I stated during the end of my tenure, that's when this emergence and desire and passion for music began to emerge. And because that began to emerge, it's like my, my desire for teaching began to dwindle. And that's basically what happened. Uh, yes. <laughs> so you had to make a conversion, per se, from being a teacher and taking your communication skills into a new profession. So tell us about that transition and, and how you accomplished that. That was a very brave and bold move. And <laughs> what, what I'm telling you, what, what had taken place was that a few years I wanted to do it, but I just didn't feel it was time. I felt I kind of felt restraint restrained, you know, from doing it. I just knew the timing wasn't right. I, I just didn't feel, you know, that guy was telling me it was time to do it. And what I did was I just kept on um, seeking for it and, and, and waiting on that proper time. And, and just at that time in 04, I felt that it was time that things were aligning, that everything was in position. And, I, I, and so I, I went on ahead and I, I stepped out. But before I even did that, what, what had begun to occur, first of all, I had started writing the book or compiling the information because initially I didn't even know it was going to be a book that I would write. And that was my first installment, The Great Taste of Success. And then at the end of my teaching tenure, I just began to get a lot of opportunities for speaking. And when I just looked at everything, because I'd already been doing the music, it was like, well, hey, I could I could launch out and do the music, the speaking, and also publish this book. And that's what I did at the end of 04. And things were going really well. Doors were opening. We were doing really well with it. But then we ran into a, a dry season. And then when that occurred, we ended up starting a janitorial business. And basically, since then, we're, we, we've been doing all of those things, the music, the writing, the speaking, and owning and operating the janitorial business. So, yeah. so you've got lots of energy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to see. And you're still only like 25 years old. So. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so tell us about your style of music. Well, I do the inspirational and Christian hip hop and all of my music is positive. The majority of it, everyone can listen to, including children, elderly, middle aged, whomever. And it's, it's just very inspirational and positive. It, it just encourages people. I tell great stories in, in the music and I just try to motivate, educate and uplift people through it. But that's my genre, uh, you know, inspirational hip hop and positive hip hop. And most of it can also be classified as Christian hip hop. So if it's a hip hop, is it like a dance dance type music as well? Yes. And, you know, that is like my strong suit. I always make sure to have some up-tempo dance type of songs on my CDs. And, and yes, I have quite a few songs that are known to be dance hits. <laughs> now, you said you your audience is, is a variety of ages. Is it basically used strictly for listening? Well, it's used, I guess, like you say, for up-tempo, for dance, but then also... Um, inspiration and then actually educational. Okay. You know, I, 
like yeah, a lot, and then spiritual. It can be used in a, in a variety of manners because to, to give a prime example, one of my songs is entitled "Paradise," and what happened? My niece, she literally created a uh, what do you call it? a montage video that goes with it. It's very uh. good. yes, very good, and so with it as. Um, because I wrote the, the song Paradise is like more of a poetry form as opposed to just your traditional hip hop. And as I'm saying the words, she captures it with the various pictures and stuff. And if anyone wants to, they could go to YouTube and find it. Um, it's entitled Paradise and it's by the real D-A-R-I-L. But it's very intriguing, very inspirational, very educational. And, you know, I have a, a, quite a few songs like that because she also did a, a montage video for another one of my songs and where I'm comparing just the two different paths in life and the end results. But it really catch, captures the essence of what I'm saying in picture format. And, and that's what I mean by, you know, the, the songs, right, they, right. they inspire, educate. They do a lot. They do more than just uh, move, uh, inspire you to move. Now, your book. Well, first of all, let me ask you something else. Let's back up okay. a little bit. TV shows. What kind of TV shows have you been on? And has it basically been um, interviews or, or what were you involved with in that? Well, I've been on TV shows performing, conducting interviews, ministering, you name it. And most importantly, I have my own TV show and it actually still airs. I just hadn't recorded in right at two years because a storm came through and knocked the tower down. But uh, yes, I have my own show entitled Motivating the Masses. And we used to we would provide direction, inspiration and education concerning our daily lives. And I would uh use like I would talk and, and teach and then bring on guests and interview them, different professionals, different artists, different business owners, you name it, just to encourage and inspire people and to help them in their day to day lives to overcome the challenges and just live skillfully. But uh but yes, man, like I said, I've been on T V shows doing a, a host of different things. Is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> <laughs> Look, not really. I've done so much, Miss <laughs> Cat. I tell you, I try to stay busy. I try to stay busy. Yes. Now, ma'am. tell us about your book. You mentioned it briefly, and I believe you have two. Uh, yes. What the greater or a greater taste of success? Well, A Greater Taste of Success is the second edition of my inspirational ebooks. And the first one was The Great Taste of Success. And the format of it is 50 proverbs. And what would happen, as I was stating earlier, with, like with the first book, I would just get proverbial statements just would come into my spirit. And I was always I would always write them down and I just began to compile the entire list of them. And in the first book, they're kind of scattered dealing with the different concepts as far as destiny, relationships, positive thinking. But in this one, I outlined it and I formatted it, whereas you have seven categories and you have seven proverbs that go with each category. For instance, we have work ethic in this and the greater taste of success. We have perspectives, leadership skills, destiny, relationships, and two other categories. In each category, you have seven proverbs that also have information that further expound on the proverbs. And so it's, it's a very good format. Everyone who read both, they really love it. And most people read it uh, typically in one setting because it's so interesting. But, uh, but yes, man, that's how it I think it would probably be something that would be a good gift 
Yes, it would. It would and it would. also something that you would read more than once. Exactly. exactly. And also probably like you could read a page or or a thought a day a proverb yes. a day set. and yes. and there are like 50 in a book you said yes man and each book is 50 and and exactly what you're saying i had many people who took one lady she said she took basically most of the proverbs or the ones that definitely apply to her life and she said she made sticky notes or word cards <laughs> or something i'm serious yeah. and she put them all over her mirror and all over her house so that each time she would wake up and she would be at home she could look at them and speak them i, I kid you not <laughs> oh I, I totally understand and you know when we have any kind of input, whether yeah. it's positive or negative, into our lives, we need to get it from different um, different senses. We need to see yeah. it. We need to hear yeah. it. We need to speak yeah. it. Yes. We need to touch it. Yes. <laughs> make yes. it you yes. know, make it part of us. And yes. and the negative works the same way, unfortunately. And there's enough negative bombarding us on a regular basis that having oh. something positive in front of us, even on a sticky note, like you mentioned is an yes. excellent idea. So I'm all for that. And I thank you. Yeah. yeah so what yeah. about your, what is the G3 code? Gift, glamour, and gold. Tell us about that. Well, the gift, glamour, and gold is actually a workshop that I present and also a webinar. And in it, I try to help people discover what I call the dominant gift. And my philosophy is that all men and women are created with a skill and a mission to fulfill. And if you can find your skill, then automatically by default, you're able to fulfill the mission that you have, which is simply to use whatever God-given skill you possess. And what, what I noticed, and, and it's just with my own life, it was just revealed to me and shown how all of us are created with the dominant gift. And I, I tapped into mine, which is communication. As a result, if you place or categorize everything that I'm currently doing, most of it goes under that umbrella and that heading of communication. We look at the music, it's communication just over uh -huh. or accompanied by drum tracks. We look at the speaking, we look at the writing. All of these are forms of communication. But at the end of the day, that is the basis and the core you know, thing that ties them together. And that's what I help people to do. They're basically six areas and you can use your body to discover your dominant gift. And oftentimes you've already had glimpses of it during your life, but never really probably put the puzzle pieces together to go after it. But that's what we do in that particular workshop is kind of go over the different areas and help people to discover what what area is, is their greatest strength and their dominant gift where it lies. Give us expound on that a little bit more in um, like take one in particular. OK, give you a prime example Handy people, people who are good with their hands. Well, typically as children, you know, they've they they probably had a proclivity and a potential and a desire to just fix things, to work on things, possibly to draw some um, people. I know when I was younger, one of my friends. He loved to cut hair. You know, you have people who love to young, young boys oftentimes like to fix on cars, fix things. And what happens if that individual realizes that, hey, I'm gifted with my hands and he or she begins to pursue things that deal with the hands, then they will automatically succeed in that area. 
And what happened with me, like you say, I'm a multi-talented. And so I, I'm actually gifted in a lot of areas. But the key is finding your dominant gift. Mm, okay. And Yes, ma'am. Because that's where the greatness lies. And what I do, I give a survey. I just give this for as a freebie because I, I always do. But the way you determine your dominant gift from just any other gift that you have, I normally ask people to, to ask yourself four questions. And the first one is very simple. Um, what are you skilled at doing? So this would be the category of skill or, you know, what are you good at doing? The second question is, what do you like doing? And this would go in the category of passion. And the reason why I ask it in that order, because some people, they like doing something, but they're not skilled at it. And I always give the example of American Idol. So many of those people go in there, they like to sing, but they're not good at it. They're not <laughs> equipped. And they don't have the talent. And so, you know, that's why you have to be brutally honest. And you have to say, look, what am I, you know, decent at doing, have some kind of skill at doing? Then you say, OK, what am I passionate about doing? What do I like doing that I'm skilled at? Then the third question is, um, what do I do whereas others receive satisfaction? So here we're talking about you doing something. This will be categorized as effectiveness. What are you effective at doing when you do it? People are like, girl, or man, I love when you do that. You know, keep singing, <laughs> keep performing, keep playing or whatever it is you do. I love your drawings. I love your music. I, I love your writing or whatever. You know, it, it affects people's uh -huh, lives. Uh -huh. And then the, the last question is so important. I ask, what do you do if you didn't get paid for it? You would still receive full satisfaction from, from it. So this will be categorized as volunteerism in that if you, if I never paid you monetarily for what you do, would you still be able to do it and, and feel happy and excited about it? And if you can find the thing or things that, you know, the elements and the, the different things that you do in your life and cat put in those categories, then more than likely you found your dominant gift. Prime example with me, communication. I could do this all day, every day. And if I don't get paid, I am cool with it. Why? Because this is my dominant uh -huh, gift. Uh -huh. And like I was telling somebody, when you look at a gift, it's actually for other people. You don't buy a Christmas gift and then bring it to the person and say, oh, that'll be $5. That'll be $20. <laughs> no. The gift is Good for idea, them. though. <laughs> I'm serious. And so when you look at it, oftentimes people say, well, I want you to pay me for my gift. In actuality, <laughs> you, you're paying for your time more so yeah. and your energy than the actual gift because God has equipped all of us to actually serve humanity with our gifts. And, you know, like I said, it's a blessing to be able to receive for it. But the key is we should have a mindset that whether I receive or not, I'm going to use this thing. And of course, we want to, you know, be able to profit off of it so we can make a living. But I'm saying even if you weren't, don't deprive the world of that great gift. You know, God, you'll, you'll get paid eventually. The pay is going to come. <laughs> That's right. It's going right. to come. But the key is doing it, you know, doing it. And I always try to encourage people, pursue your passion or, or your dominant gift in some capacity, even if as far as your profession is concerned, you're using a gift, but not your dominant gift. Try to find some time and some kind of way to give some attention to that dominant gift and your passion, because that that's why you live. That's why you create it. And that's where your energy lies. And, 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 you know, for a lot of people who are going through 
this will actually help them to overcome uh-huh. this in many of their lives this is what they're lacking they're watching other people pursue their passions and oftentimes they're sitting on the side this gruntle because like man i would love to do that but i have to work to pay the bills uh-huh. yes you do but like i say give some kind of time if it, it has to be just an hour a week just to start but do it because it's going to literally energize you in and of itself you find your purpose you find passion it's automatic i'm telling you i mean it's automatic i was smiling as you were talking and i must relate this to you when i was a little girl i never stopped asking asking questions as most kids do but i was persistent and no matter who i met you know i would ask questions and as i got older and was married my husband couldn't believe it i could go into a room where I didn't know anybody. And within a half an hour, no matter how many people were there, I knew everybody's life story. And it's like, how did you do that? My dad (laughs) used to offer me 25 cents if I would just stop. (laughs) (laughs) But little, what I'm trying to say, though, little did he know is this is why I'm doing today what I'm doing. Exactly. I'm asking questions. Right there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm asking questions of other people. What makes you tick? And what it does is it brings not only inspiration to me, as I often will sit after I've interviewed somebody and just reflect on what they said. And it encourages, inspires, uplifts, motivates all those things, enlightens, educates. And I feel like I'm just a sponge every time I interview somebody. And so that's the fulfillment. And I totally understand what you're saying. You aren't getting paid for it. But you are fulfilling what, um, you know, something that nothing else in life can fulfill because you're doing what you were meant to do. Yes. And And I never did get that 25 cents, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, huh? Yeah. But I I know I always use this. uh, Your ministry, I call it, is your therapy. And you, whatever it is you, you created to do, that's your ministry. Everyone has a ministry. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, people just think of a pastor and all that stuff and churches and, you know, different fates and all that. But no, whatever you're created to do, that's your ministry. And so your ministry will serve as your therapy. And like you were saying, as you do what you do to others, it's going to bless you as well. That's right. So it blesses them and it blesses you. It's a win-win situation. That's right. You can't lose. It's yes. reciprocal. That's it. That's it. Well, tell us what your call to action is for the audience today. What would you like to see them do? Well, what I would like the audience to do is to look circumspectly at yourself. Look at yourself. Get out of yourself, first of all. Look at yourself from an objective point of view. And be realistic and, and, you know, look at your life, look at the glimpses and previews that life has been sharing with you and showing you and look at the direction that is has been prompting you and pushing you into what do you feel calling and beckoning and drawing you towards and you know as long as it's something positive uplifting and, and helping and benefiting others then I, I challenge you to start making some types of steps in that direction to to pursue it you know and and, and two things you want to alleviate are, are fear of failure and mm. and fear of rejection and I always tell people if you can get over fear 
period, then you will be fine. But those are the two key fears that I find most people who are, are reluctant about pursuing something or continuing in something they've started is because of those two elements, the fear of failure or the fear of rejection. And it cripples and stifles so many people. But if you get over it, first of all, well, how do I do that, Damon? First of all, you say, well, first of all, there, there's no such thing as failure. Every uh-huh. time, I don't care if it blows up in your face, <laughs> you learn I'm te- You learn what not to do for the right, next right. round. There's always experience from even your failures or when things fail. That's one thing. The other thing is to be able to separate your endeavors from you. In essence, say the business failed, the the uh, finances failed, uh, the relationship failed, but separated from you. It failed, but you didn't fail. So separate that from you and look at it as something being external and an extension of you as opposed to being you. And that's what happens. Most of the time, people equate the external failures with them. No, just that thing failed, but you are not a failure. You're still living. You still have many more tries and many more attempts, many more endeavors. So keep going. And then most importantly, that fear of rejection. Remember this. Every great inventor, every great person always faced rejection somewhere along the road. When you look at, I think it should have been uh, Alexander Graham Bell who um, invented the, the light bulb, or uh, uh, Thomas Edison. I'm, I'm sorry, Thomas uh-huh, Edison. Uh-huh. And they say it took him 10,000 tries until he got it on the 10,000th try. That means 9,999 9, times he failed. But that one time he got it correct. And look at the difference it has made throughout the thousands of years, throughout the ages that the light bulb has existed. And so when, when you look at it, you have to pick up that same mind frame because in Edison's mind, it was like, look, I'm not concerned about the times that it messed up, but I'm concerned about the one time I get it right. And if you can pick up that perspective, then you can live life in a fearless manner. You can go and pursue things and not allow whether it uh, succeeds or fail to bother you. And what I try to emphasize to people as well to eliminate those two fears is the fact that you are not responsible for the results. You're responsible for putting into action and bringing the thing into fruition. But as far as the results, that's up to the universe, up to the people, up to, you know, all sorts of elements and conditions that are out of your power. So just make sure you do your part, accomplish the goal, live the dream and however the chips chips fall, let them fall where they lie. But know that you have done your part. I like what you said. You are not responsible for the results. You are responsible for taking action. Is that yes. what you said? That's exactly what I said. That's, That's perfect. Said. And we could put that on our foreheads and walk around with that, you know, <laughs> so that everybody can see it. Yes. Oftentimes we get discouraged. It doesn't matter who we are or what we're doing or what we're attempting to do. But discouragement can come. And basically what you are doing with this energetic interview is you are saying no matter, even if we do go through those moments, we look at what we are actually trying to accomplish, and we will. We just have to keep our focus. And even if we fail, I loved what you said, even if 
the thing we are attempting to do fails. It is not us that failed. Yes. That is excellent. That is totally capsulizing what you're saying today. Yes. And I appreciate that so much. So even if what we attempt to do fails, we can keep trying again because we didn't fail. And so we don't have to give ourselves a beating up about that. That's it. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for your energy. I thank you for your input. I thank you for your encouragement, your motivation. It's I'm so excited about sharing this with my audience. And I know that you're going to really be an inspiration to many, as you already have been. And you certainly have inspired me today. So I thank you, Damon, for being part of Never Ever Give Up Hope today. Yes, and thank you so much for having me, Carol. And I hope, like you said, that your listeners received as much as well. And it's been a blessing. Thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.